This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Sergio is, uh, is another, another type. It was not easy for me, but we decide, I decide we need, after win a lot in these four years, we, if we want to continue in the next two, three weeks, we have to change. We have to make a step forward for a different people, and uh, that's why. But I'm pretty sure I'm maybe I reveal a secret, maybe it's close to, to, to agree a deal. For the club of my heart, from Barcelona, is going to play alongside the best player in all time, Lionel Messi, and I'm pretty sure he's going to enjoy and make my club Barcelona stronger and stronger with him on the pitch. Off the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Guardiola paying tribute to outgoing Man City legend Sergio Aguero. And just like that, poof! The 2020-2021 season is over. <laughs> Joining me this evening to look back on an, on an eventful uh, final day of the season, I've got two Craigs and one Arvin. Craig Marias is here. Hello, Craig. Hello. Nice to see you on a Monday evening. For a change. And fresh as well. And fresh as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, weekend going... From kitchen to, to the bathroom, to the bathroom. Yeah. that does that to you. <laughs> Craig Wilkie is also here. Hello, Craig. Good evening, Good evening, Ross. Eventful weekend and an eventful season, I think it's fair to say. Eventful season. So much to talk about. I'm not sure we can squeeze it all into to just one show tonight. Arvin Sidhu joins us. He's got a lot to talk about. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here, as always. Nice to have you guys. Right, tweet at BFM Radio. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, find us individually on Twitter if you want. We're all quite active on it at least once a day. Um, we heard Pep at the start. Sergio Aguero, City legend, Premier League legend. I'm sure he's going to be in the Hall of Fame sooner rather than later. Um, cameo appearance from Sergio. Scored two goals. Man City 5, Everton nil. Craig Marias. It was, I don't know, was it, was it because the hosts, the, the visitors were so agreeable? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what it was. Uh, with Everton, Lin Chu certainly kinda, thinks so. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of sums up their season, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Everton, uh, you know, there's a lot of promise at the start of the season. Um, obviously made, you know, a marquee signing in, in James Rodriguez. Um, but... You know, it just it just never really got going for them, did it? I mean, you know, they had good patches where, you know, they, they, they were troubling teams and it looked at one stage, you know, um, that they were going to be in that battle uh, for the top four. Uh, but it just it just kind of fizzled out and uh, somewhere along the way. And I, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised, mm. to be honest with you. I mean, mm. it's it, it's typical Everton, you know, they, they always offer a lot of promise. Um um, and, and they kind of tease you into thinking that, you know, uh, they, they might do something this year. There's uh, work for Ancelotti to do there, right? There's, there's a big lot. Work. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's got the funds to do it. That's the thing. Um, but it's how you spend it yeah. um, at the end of the day. And, and if you look, I mean, uh, you go through the, the, the players that, you know, that played for, for, for Everton and uh, Richarlison. You know, they signed him for big money. He hasn't yeah. really come through this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they've been heavily reliant on, on Calvert-Lewin to, to score the goals. Uh, Jordan Pickford, another one, a lot of money. I mean, how many goals has he conceded that has been his fault? Um, I, I would say, you know, uh, players like Ben Godfrey have been, you know, a massive positive. Yeah. Uh, Michael Keane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dean has been a good signing, but 
I mean, Decore as well. You know, I mean, he's 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 been around the industry. And Alan well. was injured yeah. for quite a long time as well. Yeah, Alan's yeah. had a decent season. When I see yeah, him, yeah, he's quite away. a useful player. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. useful, definitely. But um, I just feel that there is still so much work to do uh, for Ancelotti and Everton if. Um, they have ambitions of being something similar to what Leicester are now, you know, be, be, um, threatening be, the top four. And, do you, re- and do you reckon Ancelotti will still be there next year? Yeah, um, I, I can't see how Everton can can go out and get a better manager, to be yeah. fair. I think, you know, they, they, they're all right with giving him another season. and But they have to see progress with the money that they spend. They have to see progress. And we're, we're not quite seeing the kind of level that Everton can get to with yeah. the funds that they have. Absolutely. Not ninth. Really, every Everton fan will tell you it's not good enough for them. Right, uh, opponents Man City, though, put five past the Toffees. And, um, I mean, we, we spoke about outgoing striker, legend, etc. Sergio Aguero, quick, Wilkie. But imagine if the talk at the moment is, of course, Harry Kane. If, if, if Pep Guardiola gets his 30-plus goal a season striker, oh, my Lord. Yeah, just a little bit. And, and who knows? That it's definitely a possibility that something like that might happen. But just to go back to Aguero, I mean, you, you mentioned it as a cameo appearance, but what a cameo it was. Yeah. I mean, the, way he took, the way he took both of his goals was just a reminder of everything that he's brought to that team and that he's brought to the Premier League and what he still very clearly has. Yeah. I mean, I can understand in some ways the situation that all parties are in now where he maybe wants to move on, have a slightly different adventure in the latter part of his career. I can fully understand why Barcelona, even at his age, want to bring him in for a season or two. And he's still got that instinct, you know, and he's, he will still get goals at that level. He's been just a fantastic servant to City and proved again at the weekend that they can still do it. And you wonder about how you replace a player like that, you know, such mm. an icon. Kane would certainly be one way. But this season, City have shown that Aguero hasn't featured very much. No. And the way that they've replaced him is in the way that they've adapted their style. And we've spoken about it before, but the, the real danger when you play against City is that the threat comes from everywhere. It's not just about having a centre forward who's going to get you 30 goals a season. And we saw it in the game against Everton, albeit, as Craig rightly said, Everton were fairly shambolic defensively throughout the entire game. But every time City broke forward, I mean, the De Bruyne, we, what, what a magnificent player he is to watch. Every time he gets on the ball, he just makes something happen. And those goals that he scores, when he just picks up the ball in and around the box and he just passes it into the corner. He makes everything look so simple, so natural. He does. And he's, he's one of those players, and City have got many others, who not only their own individual quality, but how well they make players around them play. Yeah. De Bruyne is fantastic at that. Phil Foden has got that to his game as well. And Gundogan to some extent as well. So City are already such a well-polished machine. And what they might be if they add a couple more in the summer is, is a little bit of a frightening prospect. Yeah, and, and we, 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 also, we also have to, to credit Pep, Arvin, for, for bringing through the kids. Um, I mean, you, you look at how Phil Foden has been nurtured through. He, he's, the commentator said he's the best number 47 to ever wear the number 47. <laughs> yeah, no, no surprises there. Pep was pretty much in uncharted territory with, with the City job because he's never been at a club as long as he has been at Man City. Not with Barcelona, not with Bayern. He was tasked to actually, in a way, have a different face. The likes of, of company, David Silva, all those guys that have already moved on. And, and it's surprising. And how... It's surprising how it's carried on because every season we think he's going to call time, he's going to call time, but he know, right? Exactly, exactly. And he did come on and he did say one of the reasons he resigned is because they had a bad start. You remember one part there, I think they were number eight or number nine in the yeah. league. And then the owners met him and said that they still have every bit of confidence. And he said, the only way I can repay that 
is by giving stability and re-signing a new deal, which he did. And besides Phil Foden, you have to look at some of the squad. It's still very young. Ruben Diaz is 23 years young. Yeah. Uh, they've got a they've got a young, young prospect of moving forward with, with the youth that they have. Gabriel Jesus got 50 goals. Wrestling was his 50th goal. We tend to forget that. So City are they're right in most places, but it'll be very interesting to see what they do. They cannot afford to let Aguero go and not get someone in. Even if it's a Danny Ng, so someone who's not as a high level of a hurricane, they need a body in. It's the question, does he go for that marquee number nine? Or does he go for someone a bit unexpected and still play the way that he does with Ferran Torres and, and Phil Foden? So never never second guess um, uh, Pep. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't go for Kane and just completely comes from the left field and get someone that we completely wouldn't expect him to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And who's a defender who then becomes like a prolific striker? <laughs> yeah. or, 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 or make Cancelo a striker for what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. That the kind of pep thing that could happen next season. And and that, but that's the thing. Um, the, the longevity of Pep Guardiola mm. has surprised everybody. I think all, all football followers. More to come as well, and that's a credit. The fact that we're saying that about Man City. Right. Let's move on with the weekend. Liverpool. No fuss, no bother on the final day. I'm coming to you first, Craig Wilkie, because you're beaming from ear to ear. Um, your, your boys just took care of business. They had to. They had to win. They went there. They won. Mane even smiled. What's going on? Yeah, had a bit of everything, didn't it? Um, you, you used the term no fuss, no bother. And it was that in the end. And in many ways, that's been the, the trouble with Liverpool season. The too many of those games, especially at home against lower-level opposition, it has been a bit of a fuss and it has been some bother. So where, where did it go wrong for you? Because January the 1st, you were top of the league. Where, where did it go wrong? Yeah. What, what, the, the guys on Friday suggested it was keeping Fabinho in defence too long. Possibly, I, I think there's a number of factors. You, you can't just look at it and say there was one player in one position or anything like that. Now, it's true that Liverpool had some pretty severe injuries to contend with. Nobody's disputing that. I think a little bit too much has been made of that. Actually, if you look at Liverpool's form and results against the bigger clubs, the top four and so on, it's really not that bad. It's those games that, that I spoke about, you know, against the, the likes of West Brom or against Newcastle, all those kind of teams that Liverpool should have beaten with the, the players that they had available, and they didn't. And why, why was that the case? I don't know. Maybe it was they were trying... Klopp was overthinking it about how to fill some of those positions, how to solve some of those problems. But even if you go all the way back to the start of the season, I remember the very first game, which was against Leeds, Liverpool did not look convincing. They didn't come out out with that aura of champions about them. And then even if you look at some of the first, the early games, the the Villa calamity, you know, were lost so heavily away at Villa. And that was when you still had Van Dijk fit and, and all of that. So there was something, I don't know whether it was the mental hangover or the physical hangover of two or three seasons playing at such a high level of intensity and then just dropping off a little bit. I think that has been a factor throughout the season. But fortunately, recovered towards the end. And Champions League, I think the most important factor in it is that when it comes to recruitment in the summer, if you are going to go after one or two big players, it's going to be much, much easier when you've got Champions League football to offer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, of course, they, they've, got, they've got some rebuilding, well, mini rebuilding to do. Ginny uh, Wijnaldum has left the club after a very good Liverpool career. Remember, he came from Newcastle and, and he wore the captain's armband and, and stalwart in, in midfield, really. Um, Craig Marias, I mean, for you, this Liverpool side, I mean, they're expected challenge next season. They're going to be City's main challenges, aren't they? Um, are they? 
Um, I don't know. I'm asking you. (laughs) I I mean, there's nothing to suggest that uh, that I've seen so far this season. Um, But they'll be there or thereabouts. Um, You know, I think it really depends what they do in the summer. Like you said, uh, Wijnaldum uh, is a hole that they'll have to fill. And you read uh, that Naby Keita is not really wanted. They they accept they're they're going to take a loss a hit on him. Well, fifty million they paid for him, and and he just can't get himself fit. I mean, it's a, it's a big problem for Klopp. So um, that's two people in the midfield that's leaving. Um, you know, uh, Thiago, I expect him to be a lot better next season. That's for sure. Uh, to be Curtis fair, he, he had a good second half of the season, didn't he? After a shaky start. I don't, I don't know about second half of the season. I think, you know, towards the end of the season, you know, he started, um, we started seeing the Thiago um, that, that we know. Um, I think he's had to alter his game slightly. Uh, which is which is kind of natural um, for for anyone coming into the Premier League and, and into a club team as well. Um, so so it, I mean I, I don't think you know I think maybe we were a little bit critical of him um, because he does need that betting in time and everything like that. Uh, but for me, it, it just goes down to 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 what Liverpool can do in the transfer market. Really, yeah. um, you know they've they've uh, Kabak obviously goes back to to Schalke. I don't think they're going to sign him, but they've got uh, you know Phillips. another centre back that they signed Pres- uh, from Preston, who's never played. Never even sat on the bench, I don't think, uh, for Liverpool. Um, but you know what? What are they going to do in the in the transfer market? Uh, is the big question. You know, um, you know they've got Jota that comes back. Are they going to get a proper striker? Harry Kane, Harry Kane, striker. <laughs> well, well there, there, there's few that could be on the market. You know, you yeah. don't rule it out. I mean, Harry yeah. Kane's available. Um, you know, expect big clubs to be in for him. So naturally, Liverpool too. Yeah. Um, but what can they afford? Uh, hearing all these stories about. Liverpool not exactly having the funds, um, not being able to really go out there and and strengthen like you know how 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 big teams do. And and I think that was part of the problem last summer. You know, um, they, they 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 didn't really strengthen as as you should. Um, you know, to, to to try and stay on top, you mm. always need to make some big signings. And and Thiago obviously was a bargain, Jota. But then who else did they get? You know, mm. you can't. You know, the the, the squad wasn't really refreshed. Or, or strengthen. So I think that was a big problem. And and funds is going to be uh, a, a big thing for, for Klopp. And yeah. he's definitely going to go to the board in demand for it. It, it. it is a stunning end for Liverpool because eight weeks ago, they had no right to get into the top four, let alone yeah. the top three. I mean, yeah. that, that's what, eight wins, I mean, two we, draws we're gonna, we're gonna, gonna, Yeah, we're going gonna to say a lot of teams around them help them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It has yeah, to yeah. be said. You know, uh, but, but, you know, you've got to give them credit when it's due, you know. And, I mean, and you, you, you can... You can boil it down to the absolute one turning point, Allison's header. Yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, that that was it. That was the one. So, all right, enough about Liverpool for now. Um, let, let's give Roy a word, Arvin, because yeah. he bowed out of football. We've we got to show the man some respect. He's going to be nicely ensconced with Mrs. Hodgson in, in Croydon. They're going to be having their, their tea biscuits Dipping in, in the tea and stuff. Scones. And watch, yeah, scones. <laughs> watching EastEnders, Coronation Street. Are they still on? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, good career for, for the man. Uh, one of football's gentlemen, Arvid. Definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, he did come on and say he's finally going to get a good night's sleep, which I think is more than <laughs> deserving for the, for the amount of work and the amount of different countries that he's actually managed in. Let's not forget his, his heroics with Fulham and taking them all the way yeah. uh, to, to, to the final. Uh, but I, I expect him, he's such a football man that you would expect him to be back in the game in some capacity and not. You can see Arsene Wenger now trying to 
uh, run some reform agendas for FIFA, you would expect Roy Hodgson to come back, have an opportunity with the English FA or to work with yeah. grassroots football. You you sure. expect him to be back in the game. Yeah, I don't don't see him going away. But the, the, the question now is for Crystal Palace is that they've got a very, very... A, a close season that's going to determine a lot of the direction that this club is going to go. 13 of their players are out of contract. What kind of manager do they want to hire? There's been talk of Frank Lampard. Yeah, that, that's, that's of, the uh, rumour I heard as well, Frank Lampard. Yeah, but, yeah. And, and even and even Steve Cooper as well. Will Steve Cooper come, come up if he doesn't doesn't get Swansea promoted? So that there's a whole host of, 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 of choices out there. And then obviously there's the season... Wilfred Zahar, what do we do with Wilfred Zahar every season? That is the question. Does he want to go? Does he want to stay? So there's a whole host of questions that on things that Crystal Palace need to decide what they're going to have to do. Yeah, to be fair, Wilf wants to leave every season. <laughs> every, every season. The, the annual, the annual uh, handing in of exactly. the transfer request. Bar, bar none. <laughs> right, we, we're going for our first break. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Well, the rules have been clarified and, and they've looked to, to balance things fair in a fair fashion. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Immediate thrust, recognisable certainty, and a nasty dig in the ribs. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back, looking back at the weekend, the final weekend of the EPL season. Craig Marias, Craig Wilkie and Arvin Sidhu joining me to uh, look back at uh, Tottenham, uh, who went away at Leicester City. Poor old Leicester. Leicester 2, Tottenham 4. Uh, Craig Wilkie, yet again, I mean, they, they've got a label now, the bottlers. And you can't deny that Leicester City bottle it. Well, they have bottled it. There's, there is no denying that. And it's it's going to play on their minds. It was clearly playing on their minds as they, they got towards the final part of the season. And we spoke about it over those last few Here, weeks and months. Let me that... just butt in here. For Leicester, the, it all also boils down to that Allison header. I bet <laughs> they, the, the Leicester squad watching that just went, nah. <laughs> well, well it, it does in some ways, but that also came quite late on in the whole thing. And Leicester would have been looking at that game and expecting Liverpool to win. The, no, it was in their the, hands. Yeah, yeah. It was in their yeah, hands yeah. entirely in this whole match, right? Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, Leicester had, again, as they did previously, put themselves in such a good position. You know, when, when we, at the start of 2021, we were looking at the table and thinking, wow, Leicester, surely this time they're going to hang on because they've, they've put themselves in such a good position. But those, those psychological factors, they start to play on players' minds and even managers' minds and everybody associated with the club. Though the one big difference I will say this time around is that they've got a trophy. Yeah. And that, that will send them off into the summer with a much, much better feeling and more of a spring in their step than, than would otherwise have been the case. Otherwise, it would, would have been such a, such a calamity to, to have had it happen again. And so I think it's one of those hard ones to judge. On the one hand, you've got to look at it and say, compare them to where they were when Rodgers took over. He's done a fantastic job to, to put them in contention consistently, albeit a little bit like what Craig was mentioning earlier, that they've had help from teams around them. You know, yeah. nobody expected Liverpool to have such a poor season. Probably didn't expect Spurs and Arsenal to be as, as poor as they've been throughout much of the season as well. So they've taken advantage of that to some extent to put themselves up there and, and give themselves a chance. But they now really have to, to figure out a way of... And, and is the answer, is it a question of quality in the players? Is it a question of the, the psychology and the mentality? And Rodgers himself will have to, to look at that very closely because, of course, we go all the way back to the, the Liverpool times and that, that season where they came so close 
under his charge to win in the I, league. I, I reckon, the, the I reckon slip and all of that. He, he might have to name himself in one of them brown envelopes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So th- there was a lot of psychology in that too. But uh, let's be in no doubt, he's a very, very, very good manager. Yeah. And he's got some, some good players. And if he can keep that squad together and, and build on, on where they are, then they will be somewhere ar- around about the same next season. It's just a question of can they take it that one step beyond? And what will the other clubs be doing as well? That's that's the other big question. Yeah, the word is Rogers has turned down Tottenham. So, um, and and Tottenham, along with Arsenal, both North London clubs, Craig, um, have had bonkers seasons. <laughs> really, I mean, I think that's a fair fair analogy. Bonkers, absolutely bonkers. Spurs, yeah. um, I don't know. They, they've scraped into. They finished seventh, so they're in the Europa Conference League. There's a lot of talk about Kane leaving. They, I know a new manager has to come in. Um, so much going on there. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy place, North London, right uh, right now, um, to, be, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, because if you look at it, I mean, obviously Tottenham started the season with so much promise. Um, obviously, the signing of Bale kind of lifted everyone. Reguilón as well, um, you know, voted the best left back in La Liga last season. Um, so, you know, coming into the season, you know, Spurs fans were really there, and and I think all of us football fans as well were like, okay, we kind of need to watch out for Spurs. You know, could, they could potentially do something here, um, and it looked that way all, all the way up to December. Remember that famous uh, win at Old Trafford? Yeah. Um, that, that that really. Uh, kind of got them on the way and, and everyone kind of sat up and, and took notice. And, and then oh, Jose okay. just happened to be Jose. And then, and, and, and then the, 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 the usual Jose uh, explosion, you know, he imploded and uh, started fighting with the players. And yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough one to, to for Spurs, you know. I mean, they definitely need to... Who, to who for money. you, who for you is the man to come in and sort that Spurs mess out? I mean... I, I want to say someone like Lampard, but... He's no, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think, I think the job's Stevie too big G? for Lampard. If you ask me personally, again, too big. Um, I don't think neither of them are ready to 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 to, to take it um, to take a job like that on. I mean, you're talking about a rebuilding job essentially, because if they lose Kane, uh, that that's a massive void to fill. Um, they're probably gonna, they might lose Dele Alli. I'm not sure um, if he if he's gonna stick around. Uh, remains to be seen. They need to sort out that defense. It's atrocious. Um, <laughs> I mean that you know whoever they put in the in the middle of that defense, it just doesn't work. Um, th- there is a lot of work to do at Spurs, so you need someone who's got a bit of experience in kind of rebuilding um, a side. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I think for me, Sari Sari could do a job there. I, I think mm-hmm. you know just to 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 steady the ship a little bit. Um, I would like, I'd like to see him there. Um, I think he's available. So um, that, that could be a good appointment for them. There's not too many um, that, that I think that can go in and, and I mean, what, a, what would you, what do you want from Spurs to be fair? You know, the, their only aim is to get into the Champions League. They're not going to be winning trophies anytime soon with yeah. or without Kane. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm so, okay. So I think, you know, for the next three years, the, the, the aim should just be to qualify for the Champions League. I'm going to segue sideways to Arvin Sidhu and say, you know who I think the <coughs> ideal man for Spurs is? Marcelo Bielsa. It's going to happen. He, he could build, <laughs> You imagine him giving money, building a side. Hey, he could do it in one season, I reckon. Yeah, it going to happen. But I agree, I agree with Craig. I, I think a good shout-out would be someone like Ralph Ratnick. Ralph Ratnick, someone in Germany who's been able to revolutionise football uh, AC Milan wanted to get him to rebuild. You need someone with experience. So I'm completely with Craig on this. Not none of the Lampards or the Gerards of this world. It's not going to work. 
Okay. All right. Uh, sorry, sorry, Ross. Just, yeah. just uh, important to, to to point out. Obviously, Nuno has been linked with them. Uh, yeah. Well, his exactly. That he's leaving Wolves. Um, again, um, is he the right man? I don't know. He's done a good job. Wolves, obviously, this season kind of, you know, it was a very poor one by their standards. Uh, but the, the two seasons before that were, were really good. But it, um, it's a it's a I logical step for for Nuno's career. I mean, he's oh, for Nuno, yeah, yeah, for Nuno, it's a great it's a great yeah. thing if if he gets a job like that of that that kind of uh, magnitude, you know. But again, is that what Spurs need? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but but he did, he did rebuild Wolves, so he's, yeah. he's got that kind of experience. But I think Spurs is a different kettle of fish. Well, we'll know. If the next two Spurs signings are Portuguese, then Nuno's there. For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Aston Villa to Chelsea one. We've got to talk about uh, Chelsea actually went into the weekend needing points. They really got out of jail here. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable stuff, Craig Wilkie. Champions League finalists, they went there and they got out-bossed. They, they got bossed by Aston Villa. Um, rightly, well, well beaten. Yeah, they were. It was it was a very strange game. You know, we, we talk about the, the mentality and the psychology and bottling and all of that in relation to Leicester. And here was Chelsea, who you would expect to come into this game knowing what they had to do. And if if not be um, you know absolutely at it from the first minute, at least appreciate the magnitude of it and you know treat it with that sort of level of importance. And as you mentioned, for the first twenty minutes, half an hour, Villa just looked like they were they were all over them, and, and Chelsea were they they just looked like they were they were kind of looking around at each other and thinking, okay, who's going to pull us out of this? You know, there was yeah, that kind yeah. of th- thing going on. And yeah, they I mean, as the way things went, they got lucky with with results elsewhere. And it was a, it was a very uh, uncharacteristic performance in terms of what we've seen since Tuchel arrived to, to take the job. You know, he's always been about this, you know, very solid, you know, very hard to break down. And then we'll go and play, we'll go and impose ourselves and start to create chances. But they, they just looked even tactically a little bit all over the place. And give some credit to Villa, by the way, because yeah. it, it was a very good performance from them, especially in the first half. But you look at even the first goal, right? I mean, from a, from a manager's point of view, defensively, how you can give a player that much room in the box, albeit from a corner that's been worked, you know, slightly mm. imaginatively, you might say, the way they've, they've rolled it towards the edge of the penalty area. But from a defensive point of view, and yeah, it was a bit of fortunate the way he, you know, booted it down into the ground and it sort of spooned <laughs> up over the goalkeeper. But yeah, Chelsea just looked in a little bit of, bit of disarray and that will be a concern for them ahead of <laughs> the, bit, the bigger game to come now, uh, next well, weekend. Well, this is but- it. I mean, pe- football people often talk about momentum and they, they certainly head into the Champions League with, with pretty bad momentum. And I was reading someone, I think someone tweeted, Chelsea are going to go into the final against Man City with Kepa at one end and Timo Werner at the other end. <laughs> end of tweet. <laughs> oh, of course, Edward Mendy uh, suffered an injury, so that could be massive. Big miss. Big yeah, miss. big miss. But but let, let let's let's big up Villa a little bit as we go into our break. Craig Marias, um, they've been good. I mean, big pluses for them. Um, they 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 mid table safely and had Grealish not suffered that, yeah. that quite lengthy injury, we might have been talking about European spots as well for them. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Um, they, they were definitely for one of those places. Um, and and uh, what did he miss, 16 games or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Uh, he, missed a, he missed a lot of games, uh, Jack Grealish, towards the end. And, uh, you know, when you're Villa and, and you have such an influential player like that, 
um, you know, you're going to miss someone of that kind of quality. And, and Villanova. Well, they did. keep him. Um, however, I've got to say, yeah, um, that that that's the other question. I think they will. I actually think they will. I think clubs might test it, t- test their resolve. Um, but I think um, Jack Grealish will look at the progress that Villa made this season from what they were last season, battling relegation, surviving on the last day of the season. Um, and um, I think he sees that Villa are going in the right direction. With a few more signings, they could uh, possibly just get in there and yeah. uh, get into the, those uh, European places. All right. Brilliant stuff. We're going into our second break. Uh, we will back, be back right after this. Five yards out, unchallenged, unmarked, makes absolutely no mistake. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. They are off and running in 2021. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. And we are back. Craig Marias, Craig Wilkie and Arvin Sidhu looking back on the final day, match day 38 of the EPL season. It's been a roller coaster ride. Good stuff. We talked about Aston Villa and Chelsea. Wolves and Man United was Nuno Espirito Santos' final game in charge. And um, there, there were loads of fans. They were all setting off fireworks outside. And, and shame they couldn't present Nuno with a win. Uh, it was a youthful United side of Insidu that went to Molyneux and uh, did the business. So Ole, all, all, all good on his front, isn't it? Very good. I mean, that stat of being undefeated away from home for the entire season is some stat, really. I mean, it really shows there's the mentality where I, I believe Ole wants to cultivate that culture and that mentality since he's always spoken about the fact that United have to have that if they want to be successful and to be undefeated away from home for the entire season is, is really something. Uh, there were debuts for Will Fish, was a guy named Hannibal that came on there as well. <laughs> Hannibal Manfred, yeah. Exactly. And then Anthony Alanga came in and, and did, the, did the score. I was reading quite a, quite a nice stat. 50% of Man United players since 1939 have come from their youth squad. And that's that's just, that's really a testament to showing how they always look inward compared to, I mean, they've spent a lot of money over the years. Let's not go around it. But they've never neglected the youth side. And that's something that is, is very proud. So, but yeah, on the day itself, uh, it was nice to see Juan Mata uh, be, be, be part of the action. I wonder what's his next step going to be. Uh, Molyneux really erupted, though, when, when, when Wolves got their goal. It was nice to see the fans really get into it. But there are a lot of Wolves fans that are gutted that, that Nuno is leaving. No matter what you look at it, yes, he's had a tough season, but he's prom- got them promoted. Successful, successful season, seventh place, seventh place, two years in a row. There was talk that he was told this summer that he wasn't going to have any money to spend and he needed to be creative. So maybe he felt that this was not, he's not going to work for him anymore. But Wolves fans are gutted that they've lost Nuno and some Portuguese names that are being linked with them. So let's see I, where I, that yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure a, a lot of football fans are thinking Nuno, Nuno has left for another job. We're just not sure which one yet. Um, watch this space. All right, more about Man United later because we're going to be previewing the Europa League final. So let's clear up some of the other scores that happened uh, over the weekend. There were some big, big games. West Ham 3, Southampton 0. Uh, Craig Wilkie was the Hammers doing... The, I was reading with the West Ham website called David Moyes, the Moisiah. The Moisiah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's as high a compliment. But then I was also reading some, some. There was an article saying some some West Ham fans aren't happy 
They think he should have come closer to fourth. And I'm thinking that that's just crazy talk. What, what a great season Moyes and West Ham have had, right? Yeah. Wow. The Moyes sire, huh? Well, I, it's, <laughs> fair to, it, it's, it's fair to say that this has been the resurrection of David Moyes this season, I would, I would, I would argue. Um, because he, he was a man who had reached that pinnacle of his career when he was appointed at Old Trafford and got that big job, which he arguably deserved then, given the work that he'd done at Everton in particular. And then, of course, we know that that didn't really work out spectacularly well. And then, then he found himself in, and I think, a little bit of a difficult position. And he, he was around a few clubs and things were okay, but didn't quite work out. And he got the opportunity at West Ham. And let's remember that when he was appointed at West Ham, those fans weren't exactly thrilled about it. They weren't yeah. thinking David Moyes coming in here, you know, he's not going to play the sort of football that we want to see. Is he, is he going to be the man who's going to take us on and up the league? And he's just had a phenomenal season. And huge credit to him for the way he's gone about it. I think he's given his players belief. That's, yeah. that's really one of the things that he's done. Yeah. You know, he's, he said to them, you, you boys have got quality. You guys can compete at this level. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be beating, you know, those teams around you and even challenging up. Now, of course, they ran out of steam and maybe that wasn't a great surprise given the, you know, the, the squad depth does start to count a little bit. And that, that little extra quality that you see with the, the very top sides, it, it, it will count come the end of the season. But West Ham have done phenomenally well. And if they can keep those players together, then yeah. next season, is, is, there's a lot to be positive about too. You, you expect people might be sniffing over uh, Sufal, well, that's, Kufal, that's um, it. Rice yeah. and... Rice, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They need to keep that together. But, um, I mean, we, we talk a lot about Jesse Lingard and what a great loan, loan signing. Craig Marais, uh, one player, Pablo Fornells. Um, he has been electric in the last, what, four games for them? <laughs> Ending the campaign. He's been brilliant. You know, I mean, and that is a lot down to Moyes as well, right? Yeah, when, when they first signed for Niles, um, I think they sent him for about 20 million or something like that. They, they spent quite a bit on him. Um, I, I couldn't really see him fit. Um, you you thought only, lightweight, right? You looked at him and you thought, hmm, yeah. Not, not so much lightweight, but he just, I mean, you know, sometimes with, with Spanish players, when they come over, um, I mean, they're very technical players and, and they're not used to, you know, the hard graft that you need to kind of put in. Uh, in to the English uh, game, um, you know, the, the running, the tracking back, um, you know, those flair plays, they don't like to do that. But, okay. uh, and I saw the first, you know, I think it was the first couple of seasons with, with Fornals and yeah, it just, it just didn't look, yeah, he just didn't look like he was, he was going to fit uh, with not only West Ham, but, but in England. And uh, this season though, he's come on leaps and bounds. And, and like you said, Ross, you know, you've seen, uh, the benefits of it uh, towards the end of the season. But throughout the season, he's been, you know, a good seven to eight out of 10 for um, West Ham. And yes, he's not always going to get the credit that he deserves because, you know, Antonio's there, Lingard uh, comes in halfway through the season, Declan Rice is there. Um, but he's one of those unsung heroes in that West Ham squad, Suchek as well. Um, he's one of those players that, you know, whenever he played this season, he contributed and, and, you know, playing off the left-hand side before Lingard came as well, not his ideal position, uh, but he was doing a good job. West Ham were doing well, uh, yeah. even before Lingard came. You know, it, you, everyone forgets that. But yes, he, he made a really good impact on the team, Jesse Lingard. But, you know, West Ham were in a very good position before that. And and Fornells was was crucial to that. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, he's come on leaps and bounds. I hope he can progress further. He's, he's still very young, still got a lot of football left in him. Um, so, so regardless of what happens with Lingard um, and West Ham, you know, they've, they've got someone who can equally uh, contribute as much 
um, to, to the side. Absolutely. And, and when all these West Ham players retire, they're going to quote David Moyes as the main factor for them being so good. Amazing stuff. Great stuff. What a story. Uh, another story. Leeds United 3, West Brom 1. Leeds United end the season well and truly in the top half. I know people are drawing comparisons, Arvin Sidhu, to, to the other Yorkshire club, Sheffield United. Because <laughs> just last season, they were saying, oh, what a great first season back. And then they dropped like a stone. But you absolutely do not get this feeling for Leeds United. It's, it's a proper football club. Yes. I mean, obviously, the sophomore season, the second season is always tougher because teams find you out a little bit more and you need to kind of be creative the way you do things. But the fact remains that Leeds will still outrun everyone. They will still outrun everyone. They will still fight for every ball. And they've got quality, quality that Sheffield United never really had to begin with without sounding disrespectful. But Leeds have, have invested in quality. And it was, it was a rocking and totally emotional Ellen Road. Uh, I watched the game on, on, on Astro on the Road because it wasn't on TV, so you had to watch it on the app. But after 16 years away of not having any fans in the stadium and finally having that, the tributes to Pablo Hernandez and Gaetano Berardi were, were tugs to the heart because those were guys that got Leeds promoted. If it yeah. wasn't for Pablo Hernandez, we might not we might not see Leeds in the Premier League where they are right now. So those were guys that really deserved all the, the tributes that they got. And one stat that was just amazing, I mean, three years ago when Bielsa's first game against Stoke, eight out of the 11 players that started on the weekend they were there playing for him against Stoke. So to show how he has progressed them and to finish ninth is, is, is just incredible. Mm -hmm. Rodrigo, a good, good run of form, got another goal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bamford penalty. All Reeds fans were just hoping that Pablo Hernandez was still on the pitch instead of being substituted because he would have taken that penalty. The only concern from that game was Calvin Phillips because he took a bit of a knock on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. Will his Euro dream be taken away? Because typically with that, you're looking at four to six time, weeks away. Obviously, he'll benefit Leeds because he, he'll be fresh, mm. but you don't want to take that away from Calvin Phillips from a great mm. season. So, really good season, but I still expect the second season to be tougher, but Leeds will be fine. Yeah, all right. Just a little time. Well, I'm, we're going to ignore West Brom because they, they're down and there's not a lot to say about them. So, going into the break with a with a quick word about the Arsenal. Um, yeah, Two, they won 2-0 against Brighton. Strange season. Just like we said, the two North London clubs have had bonkers seasons. Um, Mikel Arteta, just like the, the incoming Spurs manager, with a heck of a lot of work to do in the off-season, Craig Wilkie. Yeah, well, we've spoken about a few clubs have had strange seasons. I don't think it's been any stranger season than Arsenal's. And what's so surprising about it, what's so intriguing, is that Arsenal have actually had, points-wise, a very good second half of the season. I know it doesn't feel like that at all, but you look second at the Second only table, to Man City, and, I was reading, right? Yeah, and they're, they're second in the table. So I don't know where they start drawing that, that line from, but it's, it's actually been quite an impressive run of form, even if the performances haven't necessarily looked like that. And they've always thrown in a few sort of very strange performances, even among those, where you know they've, they've lost very meekly or something like that. But if, if you look at it on a pure numbers level, then you have to say that Arteta, difficult though it's been at times, has made some progress. Yeah. He's definitely made enough progress to be given an opportunity to, to spend some money in the summer if there's any available and to try again next season. But that, again, as we've mentioned for a few teams, is going to be the big question. How much money is there to spend and how well is he going to be able to spend it? And I think in Arsenal's case, as well as perhaps in a few others, who's, who also is going to leave potentially to, to help mm. fund some, some of the makeover that, that needs to be done? You know, there's, there's still some big wage earners there. There's some big players who you could still perhaps cash in on and get some decent money for now. 
and Arteta has to weigh up that equation and determine whether he, they're more useful to him next season, whatever his plans are, or whether he'd rather take the money and try and reinvest in some of his own players. Um, so another, another of those clubs got a big, big summer ahead of, of who they bring in. Yeah, all right. Uh, we're going into the break, and I'm going to leave you this teaser. Which one Arsenal player comes away from the season as a league champion? I'll tell you right after this. No happy return, but a reality check bordering on a rude awakening. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. For this season, off and running with a goal inside eight minutes. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. And here we are. Craig Marais, Craig Wilkie and Arvin Sidhu. Asked you before the break, which current Arsenal player can uh, count in his locker a league champions medal this season? My answer, Thomas Partey. I actually meant current Arsenal player, but of course, Arvin Sidhu mentioned Torreira also picks up the league and, and he's an Arsenal player on loan. So, yeah, he kind of really spoiled that one. Um, anyway, anyway, <laughs> one big game to talk about. Uh, Wednesday night, um, it's the Europa League final. There are only two big uh, domestic matches left, that and a Champions League final. Oh, I, I kid you. Um playoff final we'll talk about that on Friday's show as well that's massive but Thursday 3 a.m Villarreal against Manchester United um I'll come to you Craig Marias you you can you can do United um you we we know roughly from the way Ole set up his 11 against Wolves probably you can name the starting 11 against Villarreal How, how do you see it I mean knowing the players all of them, the kind of form they're in, it's a big one. Ole needs to win this to, to justify and, and kick away unfair tags that have been put upon him. Yeah, um, I think United go into this as favourites. I think they have to win. Um, there's, there's no excuses if they don't. Um, um, and yes, uh, I think everything really depends on the fitness of Harry Maguire. Um, I you know, before we came on air with Ross, me and you were having a chat and I, I just don't trust that, you know, those central defenders, you know, whichever combination they put, whether it's, you know, Bailly Lindelof, whether it's Lindelof, Twinzabe, Bailly, Twinzabe. Do, do you know what? A, a joker... I just don't trust either of them. A, a joker, them. A joker and, um, in the that pack. That concerns me. A joker in the pack could be, I was reading on Twitter, there was a lot of rumours about Phil Jones is back in the starting 11 against Yeah, Wolves. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember uh, I that don't... diving yeah, header literally on the guy's <laughs> foot. <laughs> yeah, I think that was against Arsenal. That was against thinking. Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's, it, it's, it's tough. I think United, uh, and Ole has come out in his press conference and said he's going to give it everything, um, you know, give Harry Maguire until Tuesday night. Um, to kind of, you know, decide whether he's fit or not to start. Um, he's off. He's not wearing the boot anymore, which is good news. Uh, but, you know, it's a long way, like Ole said, you know, from from walking and running on, on the pitch and making contact with the ball. Um, so I think, you know, you know the, the medical staff will be working overtime to get to get to try and get him on that pitch. Um, and they need to. Um, as we saw over the weekend, Villarreal aren't going to be an easy team. Um, they, they did really well against Real Madrid. Mm. Um, and uh, and I think, you know, United with the past two games, uh, I mean, let's not count the Wolves game, um, obviously, because, you know, it, there was a lot of rotation and none of those guys probably will start. I think maybe one of those uh, will probably start the final. Um, but, you know, going in those two games when United played four strength squads against Liverpool, against Fulham, 
uh, didn't really do too well. So mm. I think there will be a bit of concern for Ole. Um, but as I said, you know, nothing, um, you know, changes on, on the favourites tag. You know, United go into this as favourites. Um, and, you know, being United, there's no excuses um, that they don't come home with the trophy. Yeah, <laughs> a, a, lot of, a lot of pressure for, for Ole and the boys to live up to. I was reading, now, a football romantic will probably lean towards Villarreal. They're a small and welcoming little village, little houses, low-rise apartments, capacity, population of the, the entire village is 50,577. Wow. Yeah, only wow. Bastia and Monte Carlo have had clubs to reach a final with smaller populations. But Monte Carlos is like kind of a, a, an elite population, if you know yeah. what I mean. It's slightly different. Slightly different. Enough to buy over most countries. Exactly. <laughs> That's only like five Ferraris per resident. <laughs> but I mean, Villarreal have finished the La Liga season in seventh, um, Arvin Sedu, which means they've qualified for the Europa Conference in Spain. So the incentive, and a big one it is for them, uh, is to win it because they'll be in the Champions League next year if they win it. Uh, Unai Emery is a man who knows all about Europa League finals. I mean, they're not to be sneezed at here, are they? I mean, if you saw the, the final game against Real Madrid, they put up a good show against Real. They did, they did. And, and I agree with, with Craig that they, United going as slight favourites, but there is a lot about this Villarreal squad that, that is to be admired. Unai Emery has done a fantastic job with them as well. While you've got the experience of someone like Raul Albiol, who's actually played with the likes of Real Madrid, you've got such a good young defender in Paul Torres as well. Yeah. You've got Carlos Barca up front that can bully defenders. And I think that's what Craig is worried about. No matter you put by or whoever you put in that centre, it's a, it's a soft underbelly. And when you have the likes of Carlos Baca that kind of, kind of bulldoze his way through. And Gerard Moreno, who, who starts for Spain as well. Those are players who know how to do it. And Dani Parejo as well, who's got great experience playing with Valencia. So that, that there's, a, there's, there's pockets of real talent within that Villarreal squad. And credit to Unai Emery, because he could have rested players if he wanted to against yeah. Madrid and said, you know what, the, 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 the final is my priority because it's my opportunity to get into the Champions League. But he didn't. And this is his opportunity to win it for the fourth time. So Villarreal are not to be underestimated. United go as slight favourites, but without Harry Maguire, there's a genuine worry for them over there. It, it, I, I'm sure he's already out in front as the manager who's won Unai Emery the, the, the tournament most. I think if he wins it four, four times, they call it the Unai Emery Cup. That, that's it, done. Yeah. <laughs> or Una Emery <laughs> Europe League on Thursdays. Uh, <laughs> all right. It seems only right then to leave a prediction up to our resident Liverpool fan here this evening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Craig Wilkie, you've heard, you've heard the cases for both Villarreal and Manchester United. What do you think is going to happen on Wednesday? Well, I'm still a bit confused, to be honest, Ross, because you said that there's one big game left to talk about, and I'm looking at Sheffield United Burnley here, and I don't know why we're... <laughs> <laughs> Sheffield United Burnley... Right, right. Sheffield United Burnley has just reiterated how absolutely dire that Derby team of, of, of Premier League was, really. I mean, they really were that bad. 
Uh, okay, um, on, on you go with really your prediction. But, but on, on to your prediction. I, I have to go with, with Craig. And in fact, I, I make Manchester United more than slight favourites. I think you, you look at those, those squads and you compare man by man and you compare first 11 by first 11, Manchester United are streets ahead in terms of quality. And I think what we've seen this season and maybe over the last couple of seasons is the re-emergence of the Premier League as by far the dominant league in Europe. Yeah, it's not a, it's not it's not an accident that we had you know after two, Brexit two, as I, well. How how, how yeah, <laughs> two, you know two two sides in the in the semi-finals of both competitions. We've got an all English Champions League final. We've, could could easily come out with you know all English winners, right? Obviously, will be in the Champions League and, and and could easily be here. And Solskjaer, you know, we talked about it before that there has been very very clear progress this season, and all it needs is a trophy to to cap it off. This is a great opportunity to do it. I think I think that squad is in the right frame of mind. I think they're in good enough form. I agree, Harry Maguire, maybe a slight question mark. But actually, if that's as big a concern as some people are suggesting, then that actually speaks to, to bigger problems at Manchester United if the loss of that one player is, is going to undermine the whole defensive solidity. But I think they'll come through that, and I think they'll have enough going forward. It could easily be a kind of 3-2, a 4-2 sort of a game. I think Manchester <coughs> United have too much fire, firepower and they'll win this. Um, and I'm, I'm going to have the last say. I, I personally think Ole is a wizard. Man United have a central midfield fulcrum of Fred and McTominay. Not to mention a lot of nonsense at the back that they deal with every week. <laughs> so, so there you go. I'm, I'm hoping for a great Europa League final. I've said to my 16-year-old kid, he's got an exam on Thursday, but I said, all right, if you nap, you can watch it with me. And he's over the moon. That's parenting for you, eh? Yeah, as, there you go. As, as minus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going into Wednesday, the late, great David Bowie would have said, let's Gdansk. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll leave it there. I'll get my coat. <laughs> I've got to say thanks to Craig Marias. Thank you very much. Thanks to Craig. What Wilkie. a season. Yeah, what a Mick season. Mick Tomini could win the Euros this summer. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vince Sidhu, thanks as well. Thanks. Great season. Bielsa's going nowhere, guys. So if you can wish as much as you want, he's going nowhere. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We will be back on Friday. See you then. Bye. Off the ball every Monday on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.